Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Oh, these wide receivers. I, I just. Good morning. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball, neither of which has wide receivers. I also offer up daily shots of Penguins and Pirates that I hope you'll also check out. Yesterday marked day three of OTAs. Today marks the official welcoming, I guess you could call it, of Omar Khan as the Steelers GM. He'll be brought out to meet with us at a press conference at 10 a.m. I'll be there covering that. But before any of that, Chase Claypool met with us yesterday after practice, and he spoke about Deontay Johnson not being at OTAs, He went back and forth about how it's okay that he's not there and also we miss him and how important it was for Claypool to be there, but at the same time, why it's okay for Deontay to not be there. And this is the part where I'm supposed to say to you that these things are voluntary and it shouldn't matter anyway, and I'm sure that's correct, and it certainly goes by the labor agreement, but dot, dot, dot. Wide receivers. That's what I'm left with here. Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool are not NFL stars. One could argue that one or both has the capability to be NFL stars. Come at me all you want with Deontay's statistics through the first 10, 12 games of last season Come at me with his various uh, subtext statistics, like the fact that he was eighth in the NFL in yards after the catch. Good stuff. And I will still throw back in your face that he's not a star. He has not yet fulfilled his own ceiling. Not whatever expectations anyone else might have for him. Not whatever expectations uh, would be held by another even more talented wide receiver, such as, for example, you know, Jamar Chase. Nobody's expecting Deontay to be Jamar Chase. But to be the best version of himself? Yeah, that's a pretty reasonable ask. For Chase Claypool to be the best version of himself? Also a pretty reasonable ask. And it just never really feels like they get it, you know? Now, I could play for you what Deontay would have said to us on this subject at OTAs, except that he didn't come. I will play for you what Chase Claypool had to say, some of it, yesterday, regarding his own maturation and progress and his expectations for 2022. Yeah, I think it's the first time... uh 
on the Steelers where I felt like, you know, my voice is like, is being actively heard. Um, and I, I'm taking that seriously. So I'm trying to try to help the young guys because I was I was there last year and two years ago. So. Is that something that you like? Is that something that you oh, want? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I love I love growing at Notre Dame. Uh, when I first went to Notre Dame, I wasn't that guy. Became that guy. Same thing here. Is that why you wanted to be here for this, even though it's voluntary? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, everyone's here. Um, you know, I didn't I didn't want to be at home and all these guys are getting reps together. So uh, I thought it was important. Yeah, the vet presence, you know, is missed. But uh, Mitch is doing a good job stepping up. And even Kenny and Mason are, um, you know, popping in and encouraging us and, you know, showing a lot of energy. So it's pretty cool to see that from, uh, you know, some of the guys that haven't been here in a long time. Good for him. Sounds good, right? Can't argue with any of that, but there's always something a little bit extra that gets dug in there, and there was with this one as well. It's just funny, man. He's a good dude. You can joke around with him. You can just let loose if you if you mess up a play. You don't beat yourself up over it because you know he does. He's not going to hold that against you. Remember in Minneapolis when the Steelers were flying down the field in part because Claypool was playing so well, and he gets the first down, and he does the first down signal, and then Trey Turner comes over and swats the ball out of his hand. You know all that stuff. Don't need to go over it again. And I asked Claypool after the game, you know, what was he thinking? You know, clock's running. And he comes back with a pretty responsible answer, and then it changes, and then it started pointing the finger at others. That's the pattern that's in place with him. So even in this setting yesterday where he was talking about how he knows he needs to do this and do that and whatever else, he makes this side swipe mention of how the quarterbacks at OTAs aren't getting mad at you if you make a mistake or mess up on a route. And now you can take that a couple of different ways. You can say, well, of course, it's OTAs. Who would be getting mad at anybody at OTAs? So voluntary activity. They're just happy to see you. But at the same time, it also sounded maybe possibly like a dig at Ben Roethlisberger. If you're a wide receiver who's trying to get better, you should be begging, clamoring for a quarterback, any quarterback, not just Ben, who will be working to make you better, who will be communicating with you to make sure that you're aware of your mistakes so that the quarterback can regain that trust in you to throw that football in your direction. It's not the world is out to get me, as Claypool so often seems to portray. It's just not. The people associated with the Steelers, unless there's something going on that I don't know about, are trying to get the best out of him. They're not his enemies. They're not conspiring to make him uncomfortable. But this is the way he is, and this is part of why I'm sure that whole big fight thing happened in training camp last year. With Claypool, there's always something, somebody, that's trying to hold him down or bring him down instead of just looking in the mirror. Wide receivers, wide receivers, wide receivers. I know, I get it. This is across the board. I am positive that there are 32 teams in the NFL that are dealing with wide receiver diva-type crises. That's just what the position has become. 
I don't know or care if that starts in college, but it's absolutely the case at the National Football League level. I will just say this on a hopeful note. If Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool and George Pickens, all three of them, perform to their potential, the Steelers are going to have a tremendous wide receiving core. I have no cause to believe that they will. Certainly not the first. When we come back, just one question. Just one question, and that's brought to you always on this program by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garbage, Kelly, and George, LGKG. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents, who need assistance with workers' comp and medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG have been designated super lawyers, capital S, capital L, for the past 15 years. And yes, that is a real thing. The super lawyer designation is reserved for the top 5% of all attorneys in Pennsylvania. Learn more about them at lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. And today's J1Q comes from Drew Dawson, who says, Hey, DK, I'm a new fan. Really enjoy listening to your daily shots. I appreciate that first off, Drew. And Drew continues, just kind of curious. We've touched base a lot on this show about a lot of different positions, but I'm a little curious as to what your outlook is for the defensive back lineup and how that's going to work out so that the Steelers can be effective in stopping the pass. I am I am is trepidatious a word? <laughs> that's what I wanted to say here and I don't even know if it's a word. I'm a writer in my day job. Trepidatious. If it wasn't a word before, it's going to be one now. All right. Language has no real rules. It's just a matter of whether or not we can communicate to the extent that we understand each other. And I'm pretty sure you understand trepidatious when you look at a secondary that's got a stable set of safeties, obviously, with Minka Fitzpatrick, Terrell Edmonds back. Arguably a stable presence at corner with both Cam Sutton and Akello Witherspoon back. You have Levi Wallace added into the mix, free agent out of Buffalo. You have Arthur Mallette. What you don't have... And it seems like the great unspoken through this offseason is Joe Hayden. And say what you want about Hayden not being in 2021 what he was in years prior or his having crossed the dreaded 3-0 line and having experienced the dreaded post-3-0 decline. But Joe Hayden was a stabilizing presence back there. And I can promise you that the first time the Steelers face an opponent that's going to pick them apart in the secondary, and let's not rule out that that could be Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd in that season opener in Cincinnati, everyone's going to be remembering that Joe Hayden isn't around anymore. Now, I'm not going to get into whether or not the Steelers should have kept Joe. Um, I love the guy. 
on and off the field. I also understand that at his position, players will fall off, and they'll usually fall off in a vertical line. It's not gradual. And my understanding was that Joe was looking for a regular old extension the way other guys get extensions, meaning he probably thought he was going to be getting paid at the same scale. That's not a dialogue that the Steelers should have entertained, and they, to their credit, didn't. So please don't misunderstand what I'm saying here. I am, however, looking at this overall group and how they might fit together. And on top of that, Witherspoon being a full-time starter over a full season for the first time with, you know, trepidation, eschiness, or something. <laughs> what was the, I already forgot my other mutation of that word. Trepidatious. Yes, that was it. Trepidatious. But, Drew, I also can say this, that if I was giving you the most accurate possible answer as to how the Steelers will fare in preventing opponents from passing on them, it's going to come back to something that's got nothing to do with a secondary, and you know what I'm going to say because it's all about the pass rush. If the defensive line has Stefan Tuitt, Cam Hayward, Tyson Alualu, if T.J. Watt is T.J. Watt, if Alex Ismith takes yet another step, if Devin Bush comes back to where he was and he's able to take away tight ends and screen routes and all you leave for the secondary to do is to, you know, pick up whatever table scraps happen to fall to the floor, that really lessens the burden on all of those individuals and maybe even turns their attention towards turnovers, meaning it allows them to take some more gambles. We saw Witherspoon step up in a big way and make some splash plays. We could see more of Minka doing that. Uh, turnovers tend to be cyclical. There's some fortune that's involved. Minka might be due some of that. We've certainly seen his ball hawking capabilities at an extraordinary level in the past. So I, I'm 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 not down about them. I just want to see I want to see them in action. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Steelers today, all week long. We'll be back with another one Monday. 